Out of the Mouth of Babes, the podcast for our future leaders. Today, we have a very special guest in the house. He is running for city council at large, Mr. Jerry Purcell. But before I turn it over to Mr. Purcell, I want the students to introduce themselves, and then he's going to give us some insight on who he is, where he's from, and all of the above. My name is Kira Hanley. I go to Richmond High School. I am a junior, and I am in the varsity basketball team. I have my own clothing line business. Yeah. Um, I'm Xavier Ogle. I also go to the high school. I'm a junior. Um, I'm involved in, oh, I run cross country and track, and I play basketball. Um, I'm in the green club at the high school, and I'm a... RDM, which is a Red Devil mentor, and uh, um, part of the, I'm trying to think of the name right now. Um, anyway, it's basically a group that we help set up the sports stuff. But Bleacher creature. Yeah. And I'm also, to put a little shameless plug in there, they're also members of the Wayne County Writers, which is a poetry group that they're both involved in. Yeah. Um, and also, Kiera's a golfer, and... Xavier, you did say cross country, and uh, they both do. She's she's also a member of the um, the uh, after school Bible study program. Radiate, radiate, and so they're extra involved, and so we're excited because I know they got a lot of questions for Mr. Purcell. Mr. Purcell, please talk to us a little bit about who you are. Absolutely. First, I want to congratulate these two students because future leaders is what we need and we need our youth involved. So thank you very much. I'm Jerry Purcell. Um, many of people know me as chief. Um, I went to Ball State University, graduated from Richmond, have been a lifelong resident of Richmond. I studied fine art and architecture at Ball State University and was a teaching major. After doing my participation, I decided that teaching probably wasn't the career I was looking for. And so I came home and um, applied for the Richmond Fire Department. Um, it was 10 years later before I got hired on the department. So during that time, I managed a few businesses and continued a business education. Um, once on the department, um, I loved it. I love it to this day. I worked the back of an engine as a firefighter for 12 years. I then became a chief officer and served 26 years of my career as a chief officer and the last nine is chief of the Richmond Fire Department. All right. So one of the things we want to talk to you a little bit about is um, I, I don't think a lot of people understand and know what it means to be on city council and what your actual role is to be on city council. So um, students, even in your questions that you're asking, um, um, he's going to explain to you a little bit about what that means and then tailor your questions for that. So. Very good. City Council is, um, would be similar to um, the um, Congress um, as opposed to the presidency. The mayor is more like the president, to put it in simple terms. What the City Council does is it approves the financial side, the budget, and also writes and um, votes on ordinances that would be equivalent to the laws of our city. And that's basically the job of the City Council. So, starting off, Xavier, you want to go first? Yeah, so um, I know you've been really involved in, you know, Richmond for, I mean, most of your life. Um, so, what made you want to run for, what was it again? City, City Council, Council at Large. Council Large, is that what it is? Yes. 
At large means that the whole city votes on us. There's mm -hmm. district council members, six of them, and three at large members for a total of nine. Thank you. Um, I'm running because number one is I think I still have something left to give. I um, had to retire from the fire department because I aged out at 70 years of age after 39 years. I have, as you said, been involved throughout my life with the city, uh, mentoring in the schools, creating um, a fire safety program for kids. You may have gone through it at Safety Village, the fire program. I built the, fire ha the smokehouse there and developed that program uh, early in my career. And um, so I've been very involved in the community, obviously, throughout the years. And I just think that I can continue to serve with what I've learned and um, the wisdom that I've gleaned through all these years. Thank you. Okay, I have a question. Um, how can you explain your stance on promoting diversity, inclusion, and equality within our community? Well, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I um, think that all people are um, created equal. That's pretty simple. You know, that's, you're a um, student of religion, as I heard, and I um, am a Catholic, a lifelong. And um, so inclusion just comes naturally. We're all the same, um, you know. So I don't think that um, there's a big special way of, of inclusion other than the fact that we treat each other equally and that we make sure that we get everyone involved. Okay. Um, so you said you went to Ball State. Um, so what are your feelings about college and do you feel kids should go or should not go? I am, um, <laughs> that's a question that um, I feel very strongly about. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the high school fire program the careers program. Uh, my, my administration started that program, and that's for kids that aren't necessarily going to college. Um, I was an academic student, but I also took wood shop and metal shop, and having all those skill sets are the reason I was able to um, raise and take care of a family and always have a job. So I think uh, not everyone's cut out. There's only so many lawyers, so many doctors, so many teachers. Um, so I think that for some students, it's very important that they continue the education, but I think it's also very important that we have a robust um, career program in the high school that teaches hands-on type of education and prepares students maybe for immediate placement after high school. And that's what our high school fire program is all about. It's an EMS and a um, firefighting um, course over the junior and senior years, and it's been very successful. Yes, a lot of my friends also take those classes, and I've heard they liked it a lot. I'm very proud of the program, very proud. Um, so what do you want to get done, um, the council at large? Council at large, I think that we need to start working on getting the city cleaned up, um, work on the, uh, some stats show lowering, lowering crime, but I don't see it. I see more petty theft, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the city. I think we need to work on that. But mainly, um, I want to see us put a master plan in place that we follow so that from administration to administration, we have a roadmap to continue so we don't waste funds and time that we have a plan laid out. That's what I did for the fire department, and that's what I plan to do on city council is lay out a plan for the future and at the same time pass ordinances um, such as a shuttering ordinance that cleans up our neighborhoods.
Okay. Um, how do we keep our youth involved in a way that makes them realize their role in building a community? Well, first of all, more youth programs and mentoring programs, um, bringing our youth into the planning process. I talked about a master plan. I think that youth leadership should be involved in that plan because it affects them and their future. I think um, more programs where I know that I've got a grandson that recently set in uh, with the prosecuting attorney and it was mentored there in some of his interest in law. And I think that our leaders of our community need to step up and work with the future leaders of our community and get them involved. Yeah, um, so I know you mentioned um, the stuff about how you've included stuff in the high school. So how do you think are ways we can encourage the youth to stay local after they graduate? Well, a big part of it, I think, is immediate placement after school through the careers programs. The other thing is to create a community that the kids want to be part of, to create a community where they feel like they're a part of it. So they don't feel like they have to leave Richmond to be part of a community. And I think we also need to create a lot more things for our youth to do and be involved in. Um, fun things. Um, I am an outside-the-box person, and um, I think the, the worst eight words put together are, that's the way we've always done it. How do we provide um, an affordable and like good housing for people with less like resources and things like that? And how do you think that differs from um, the past? Well, first of all, um, all of the above. I was um, one of two of the founding members for Habitat Humanity in our community. Many years ago, Etta Lundy and I started that um, in memory of um, a council member that had passed away. And it turned into Habitat for Humanity. They've built around 100 homes for families now that qualify. And I think that program is a great program. That's done without public funding. It's done with grants and private donations. Then, of course, we have the um, low-income housing projects, which HUD funds. I think the city on the next one in the Nicholson um, district is um, going to be partially funded by the city and then also then probably HUD's funds through the uh, Richmond Housing Authority. But the main thing is that I differ is, is I don't think these should be permanent solutions for everybody to put them out somewhere in low-income housing and say, there you go. You know, in my world, we provide social work services um, and job um, mentoring services to get people prepared for better jobs, to help people with addictions and other social issues, and uh, prepare them to move on in their life and open up so we don't have to keep building these um, subsidized housing units. Okay, I have a really big question. What's one thing you like about Richmond? Like, why Richmond? Why Richmond? Yep. Because I'm very proud of our history. We have a tremendous history with the Quakers in this community. I don't know if you're aware of our history um, when it comes to the Underground Railroad and being part of the movement of freeing slaves from the South, um, our music history. My brother was in the recording business, and he always took our music history with him. So our music history, our history as a Quaker community, <coughs> Um, and our arts. I'm amazed at our arts here. Um, our symphony. I've been um, 
um, a member um, and going to the symphony for over 20 years. Our art museum is amazing. As an art major, I can tell you that it's very impressive. I always, when I travel, go to other art museums and other symphonies, and ours stands right up with any of them. And so that's what I love about Richmond, is there's so many possibilities and so much to build on. Do you believe there needs to be more attraction in Richmond to make things seem more fun for the youth? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, um, I was just with my grandson all day yesterday. It was his birthday, so he hung out with Papaw. And um, he said he's probably got the craziest grap uh, Papaw of anyone in his class <laughs> because I like to have fun. Um, and I want to bring back the uh, Pinewood Derby. I've already been in touch with the people on um, the Grand Boulevard. You all probably aren't familiar with that. No. But when I was growing up, there was Pinewood Derby races. You can look it up on Grand Boulevard coming out of the park and down Grand Boulevard. Um, I raced in high school, go-karts, and then later I road-raced cars. Um, like I said, I've done a little bit of everything. And I want to bring the go-kart Grand Prix back to Richmond, Indiana. I want to see us develop the gorge in a way that there's kayaking, canoeing, et cetera, in the gorge by raising the river level with another dam down by Test Road. So, yeah, our parks are amazing, our arts are amazing, and we need to work on those foundations and build up from there. How confident are you that you can fulfill your goals with your term? I'm pretty confident. Um, I came into a fire department that um, at the time I got the call, I was in Tennessee, to come home, it was because the fire department was getting ready to close two stations and lay off 20 men. I came back, and after nine years, I had a, a extremely large um, amount of reserve cash in the bank. I had taken us off the capital budget so that we were buying all of our own capital, and I was able to remodel firehouses and replace all of our equipment and also um, start meeting all NFPA standards. So I think applying that same outside the box, living within the budget restraints, but being creative in how we find other additional funding that we can get these things done. Xavier? Um, let's see. How do you think we can keep our youth involved um, in building their community as well? Because I know you mentioned some things like racing, so what are, do you have any other ideas? Well, like I said, fun things for the kids to do, and also making them feel like, feel like they're part of the planning process. Um, you know, we have to put a master plan together. It's just that simple for the community. Same thing I did with the fire department, with apparatus replacement plans, et cetera, et cetera. We have to have a plan in place, because if not, every time there's election, everyone's recreating the wheel. Mm -hmm. So we put those plans in place, and we involve the youth in making those plans, because this is their future home, and there are future leaders. Um, one more question for you. So you said you had some creative ways to find funding. So what are some ways that you think that will be a way that you can do that for the community? Uh, grants, first of all. Um, increasing the value of our downtown buildings because I'm really well um, versed and very uh, much so I want to promote our downtown, our historic business districts because if not, we're gonna end up with a bunch of buildings that have to be torn down. And some of the ideas I have for that is getting grants, et cetera. Um, going back to the model of distribution of those grants and matching grants, that makes the money go twice as far. This is just one example. 
um, putting in sprinkler system infrastructures so that all the floors of the downtown buildings can be used for commerce, not just the uh, lower floor. What that does is makes it so that any occupants can move into those upper floors. I see housing in our upper floors. And what that does is increase the, the, um, the use of all the buildings, the values of all the buildings, which means that we collect more tax off the buildings, et cetera. And those tax dollars can come in and help us to move forward. Anytime you have a one-time large amount of influx of cash, you should do something that doesn't have a, sustain, a sustaining cost to it and that increases your tax base in some manner. And so those are some of the ideas. Um, um, you know, there's so many facets to the city of Richmond and so many things we need to work on. But we can get there working together. Okay. Um, what initiatives or policy, policies will you pr prioritize to address homelessness in our city? Um, that's also something I've been involved with. I make it a point to interview. Whenever they'll talk to you, a lot of homeless people will not discuss things with you. Last year, we put together a committee to have an emergency warming shelter during the coldest of days. Um, that has not come to fruition yet. I hope that we get that done this year. But mainly, first, before you can address any problem, you've got to know the true cause of the problem, not what everyone assumes the problem is, and you can only do that by talking to the people that are homeless in town. Some of them, they want to be that way. That's the way they want to live. Some have, have um, fallen out with their families. Some have addiction problems and other mental issues. And that's one of the reasons that, um, as strange as it sounds, that in our fire department, my team and I put in place a social worker program and community paramedicine program that unties the police officer's hands at scenes when they're dealing with homeless, et cetera, and immediately calls for a social worker to come and start working with those individuals to see if we can help them. So those type of initiatives growing into the future, I think also then putting in place, as I said, social workers, um, job mentoring, et cetera, et cetera, at our um, low-income housing projects. Um, I just don't see anything that we should accept anything as a permanent solution. Um, so what do you want to build off of the previous, um, well, what's it, council in large um, person? Like, what do you want to build off of what has been? Well, the, the person whose seat I'm running for is running for mayor. And what I hope to be able to do is be as financially wise as he was. I, I think I will be in what I've done with the fire department. And also he mentored me some when I was developing the business model under which the fire department changed to um, to create the success that we created. But mainly to be fiscally responsible, as the members before me on at large have been, but yet to look outside of the tax dollars for ways of creating new initiatives for our city. Um, how, what measures will you... Um, implement to ensure the safety of our neighborhoods and reduce crime rates? Well, we don't have a lot to do with that, but I will say that as like a former fire chief, I do know that there's grants, et cetera, et cetera, out there, but I think that um, we have to create initiatives and we have to get more police officers. Uh, we have to get hired up first, and that's one of the big problems right now is we're down, last I heard, around 15 officers and so that makes it so that it's hard to do community policing etc um, 
on the fire department, we were going down that road, and I started the high school program, as you know, which now we are always hired up. We have a base there to hire from. Now, I had to do a couple of unique things. I had to lower the hiring age. Usually, the fire department's at 21. Well, between 18 and 21, you're going to lose those people that you train. So we dropped our hiring age to 18. I'm not sure the police can do that, but I would look at things like maybe some type of a cadet program within the police department, some uh, training in high school um, to get the kids to want to stay here. The other problem is, is when we train, especially fire and police officers, they become a commodity. Cities are all looking hard for police and firefighters. So if you don't pay them well, number one, if you don't um, hire locally, if at all possible, once you create that commodity, they go elsewhere. And I like the fact that I've heard over and over, well, they get paid pretty well for our economy in Richmond. We're not competing with other cities with our economy. We're com competing with every city in the state, and we have to remember that. And so you can either spend all the money retraining, retraining, and having green police and firefighters, green in the sense of young and inexperienced, or you can invest in keeping them here. So I think that will help with our city and the safety, et cetera, is to get officers hired up and to keep them here. Two more questions off the sheet. Um, Kiara, then Xavier. Xavier and then first. we'll let Mr. Purcell <laughs> then give us kind of his elevator speech. Um, let's see. So um, how do you plan, I know you pl said you plan to involve um, the students in the decision-making process, so how do you plan to do that? Through youth leadership programs, you two are great candidates for that from what I heard in your introductions. You're involved, um, you know that there's more out there than just going and sitting in the classroom. You're involved in athletics, you're involved in volunteering your time to set up I heard, for um, other sporting events, et cetera. So to take, I was in um, youth leadership, and I you know, was on student council, et cetera. But to get those students more involved at the real level and mentoring them, and the real level being city council and uh, planning for the future, doing the master plan, and um, getting them involved with our local business leaders as well. Um, and setting in with those business leaders as they do their job and make their decisions and um, get them um, up to speed. So when they get out of school, they love our community, they're involved in our community, and believe me, at 70, I shouldn't be running for city council. <laughs> I should see a 40-year-old or a 30-year-old <laughs> or a 25-year-old running for city council, and that's what I hope. Okay. Um, last question would be... Your overall end goal for, like, for this, the city council? Well, I'll have to see at the end of four years what <laughs> I've been able to accomplish and how we've developed more interest with our youth in running mm -hmm. for office, et cetera, and make a decision then. But I'm going to set a goal for four years of changing the direction of things and mentoring some young people into the dirty word of politics. I don't like that word because of the connotations people tie to that word, but it's not a bad thing unless you make it a bad thing. It's just a reality of how we elect our officials, et cetera. And so, therefore, I want to go in, lay out a master plan for future leaders, and start developing those leaders and getting young people involved. All righty. 
Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk with you and sharing some of your ideas. Thank you for the students. Um, and um, we would love to help out in any way. We'd love to get the students involved. Thank you for coming out. Out of the Mouth of Babes, the podcast for your future leaders.